Listener Production. KickPod acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we're recording this podcast. The Yulukut Wollum clan of the Boonwurrung, who are part of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respect to their elders, past, present, and emerging, and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the KickPod, your DM on the stuff that matters. Happy New Year! Welcome to another KickPod highlight episode. While we're taking a break over the Christmas period for regular KickPod episodes, once a week we're going to be bringing you some highlights from some of our favourite episodes that you might have missed. And before we get into it, we have got a kick update for you. Our New Year sale is live right now, so you can get onto it. It's very, very good sale if I don't say so so myself. (laughs) So you can start the year strong with 50% off our monthly subscription, which means it is just $9.75. So less than $10 for your first month of kick. If you use the code new year sale 23 at checkout, which will pop in our show notes, we've got over a thousand workouts, recipes, and meditations on kick. There are over 10 workout types. There is so much. We are all about being flexible, finding Mm. something that works for you. So if moving more or eating better is something that has been, or looking after your mind a little bit more has been something that you are thinking about. If you do want to join us at Kick, we are here to support you. So the code is New Year Sale 23. And now for today's episode, which is all about mental health. We are hearing stories from past guests who have generously opened up about their struggles and also given us some great advice on things we can do to help our mental health and help us think more positively. If you want to check out any of these episodes in full, if you enjoy the snippets, we'll include all of that info in our show notes. And on today's episode, you'll hear from Kath Ebbs, who is our dance cardio master trainer on the Kick app, but they're also an actor, a writer, a legend as well. (laughs) And on this episode, they speak about what self-love looks like to them, explaining what their ways of looking after themselves are, their version of meditating, because you can do other things apart from meditate, and what helps them overall feel better in hard times. We also have Will McMahon on, who is the host of the Will and Woody show. He has been very open about his struggles with depression, and he did so as well on our podcast with him. He speaks about his darkest days and how he's got through them. Then he also shares this really awesome acronym, um, this piece of advice for partners who um, may have someone that they love battling depression as well. So if you're someone who knows someone with depression or you've experienced it yourself, this episode will hopefully be really helpful to you. Trigger warning, this episode does mention suicide. So if you or anyone you know ever needs support, you can contact Lifeline on 13 11 14. How do you feel about the the term self-love? It's thrown around a lot, you know, practicing self-love and everything. Like there is so much positive stuff that happens with that term. But like how do you feel about it? Self-love for me is about knowing myself, knowing every part of myself, being self-reflective, like working on myself, um, like having both my feet on the ground. And that's self-love to me. I'm someone like I journal every single day, like pages and pages and pages. I'm a freak. And no, you do not have to do that. A lot of people like journal shame. And everyone's like, oh my God, I should be journaling. No. And also it appears for a week where I don't touch it. Um, and also like context, I used to be a journal shamer when I was in my wellness <laughs> stage. Yeah, I was like, again? everyone yeah. needs to journal. Like just like make time for yourself. Like, Shut up. No, I will sleep in and I won't journal. Um, Do you have an organic pen? No. Because like fumes? To, no, sorry. That's not really... 
to I people. Feel like Sorry, <laughs> what? Excuse you. Is that a real thing? That is the most I actually want to die. What? I don't even know what you said then. An <laughs> organic pen. They spent like in one ear and out Steph, the other. We don't have organic pens. <laughs> we're not worthy of organic pens. That's the pressure. No, I feel like. Do you, you have organic no, pens? You, you, <laughs> no. It's, it's kind of the, the same. Pressure of the that is a poll on my story. I know. Like, hey, no. So, Laura, Stefan, apparently we should be using organic pens. Like, what's going on, guys? It's the same pressure people put around meditation. It's like if you don't meditate. I can't meditate. Like, sorry, would you tell me to meditate? I'm like, absolutely not. I have tried for the yes. past six years because I'm like, I will not be really like that person until I meditate. Yeah. I, no wonder I have anxiety. But there's also all this pressure around, like, if you're going to meditate, it's going to be a, like cross-legged on a pillow, watching the sunset, like, and have no thoughts, just yeah. the mantra. And also meditation is so different. From, yeah. Like, yeah. For me, yeah. working out is meditation. Is running? Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, for me, dancing, yeah. like dancing, and, and I dance like all day in my fucking living room, like yeah. it's a thing. That's my meditation. I do yoga. I like stronger flows, but for me, yoga is like, it's uh, the reason why I love it is because, and why I got into it is because like, I was like, I cannot meditate. I'm way too anxious for this. Everyone's like, that's why you need meditation. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, cry me a river. Like, yeah. it's just like, no, like yeah. I, my... I, and also, like, I have complicated PTSD. So when these, like, I remember I had to, like, move, like, there were certain, like, yoga teachers I genuinely, like, couldn't go to their class because I was just like, you're not trying hard enough. <laughs> oh, my like, God. if you've got trauma, you got to meditate. And I was <laughs> oh just like, God. no, like, you don't understand. Like, I have complicated PTSD. If I hit a certain <laughs> button accidentally by being too far into, like, a zen so yeah. Like, it's bad. Like, yeah, I yeah. can't do that. I don't have time. i got yeah. things to do. Like, yeah. I can't be, like, catatonic on the floor right now. <laughs> it's gen- Like, people don't have enough. New- and it's like, if you meditate and that is your thing, again, go off, sis. Yeah, go off. Go king. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's not that. And that's why I love journaling. That's why I love therapy. Yeah. Therapy is meditation to me. I put my phone away, just talk yeah. about myself for an hour. Um, hang out with my friends is meditating. Being on a dance floor. That's why in Sydney when they, like, close dance floors again, I was like, and I don't drink, so everyone, like, hears it, like, oh, wild party animal cat. I'm like, no, like, literally I'll go to bed, like, have my tea, like, eat my food after because I'm like, wow, that was intense, and go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't drink, I don't drink or anything like that, but, like, being on a dance floor, like, a queer dance floor is, like, my meditation. Yeah. Like, there's no other feeling that, like, when me and my brother always talk about it because he, like, loves it, and when we're together, we're literally, like, on a dance floor, I'm, like, like, shoes off. Yeah. Like, shoes off, like, it's going, it's happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and... That to me is meditation. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. being on a dance floor, like you get this, like it only happens every so often where like you get this genuinely like euphoric, euphoric feeling where yeah. you're like up here and you're like, nothing could piss me off. Yeah. Nothing. Like I'm not worried about anything. Yeah. So like there's different forms of meditation that we don't talk about. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why I just went on a tangent. No, it's fine. I mean, I mean it, it all comes under <laughs> like self-love and practicing self-love and all that so it's yeah yeah really I, guess it's I have to ask you a question I only want to bring it up because of how you've spoken about your relationship with exercise in the past and the fact that you're really into yoga mm-hmm. because for me I had a certain relationship in the past with exercise mm-hmm. and what I have loved about yoga is yeah I use it as a form of meditation as well but it's also taught me that you know I can put half an hour to an hour aside to move my body and I still consider that like my daily workout or Absolutely, whatever. Absolutely, you know? same. Yeah. Whereas in the past. I never thought I would. No, I yeah. remember I used to like um, this uh, yoga studio that I went to. Mm. Um, it was like my introduction to yoga. Mm. Um, the woman who owns it, I don't know why. I think I think she probably just smelt it off me. Honestly. She probably <laughs> just smelt the exercise addiction coming out of my pores. Because <laughs> I'm there and everyone's like in child's pose and I'm like. 
You're like, no, no, no. Relax. Yeah. So like, stop yelling. Um, <laughs> and it. yeah, she's so beautiful because she came from a past based addiction. And yeah, she like one day just kind of like talk, spoke to me about it. And I was like, I'm fine. Um, but she said something about, I can't remember in the context, but she, essentially she was like, now like all she does is yoga once a day, whatever. And I've seen her in class, like she's strong, but yeah. she's not there like holding a headstand all the time. She'll like sit in child's pose, for, like on, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, and I remember just being like, whoa, like in what world <laughs> yeah. am I doing yoga as my form of exercise? Yeah. Get real. Yes. Yeah. I'm a workout and then I'm and, and be, then I'm going to yeah. go to yoga. Yeah. Like I just was like, in what world? Yeah. Now, literally like yesterday I landed and like my yesterday my workout was like yoga and I was yeah. like, yeah, done. That was great. Um, which is amazing to me. Like yeah. I have moments where I'm like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Am I? Was that TikTok? Am I better than everyone? <laughs> oh my god, I love that TikTok. But you know what? I think it, it is. It's really good because, like, for example, um, and I know you you touch on this sometimes about your Apple Watch. And for me, for a long time, um, I wasn't obsessed with calories when it came to food, mm. but when it came to exercise, it really did like define if I worked out or Absolutely. not. Absolutely. And yeah. so when I first got into yoga years ago, I was like. This isn't doing enough. No. Like, I'm not going to waste my time doing this. It's not burning enough calories. So I'm going to have to do a different workout on top. And this, again, I don't want that to trigger anyone. It was a really yeah, bad relationship. Yeah. Um, and it's and not I, true because I want to say I'm the strongest. I honestly, yeah. I'm not kidding. Like, it's been such a weird thing for me in the past month. Like, when I'm in the gym, because, like, I've been into – I've, like, love throwing mm. around weights. Like, yeah. used to do CrossFit, all the things. Um and I am the strongest. Honestly, from doing yoga, I'm not yeah. kidding. Like, it's actually absurd. Even my friends are being like, oh, my God, <laughs> strong. Yeah. And I mean, like, I'm not kidding. It's from yoga. Like, I'm not kidding. Yeah. And enjoying myself and not working out as much because my body, yeah. when I do go, I'm so intentional. And I'm like, because I'm actually recovering yes. and chilling out and enjoying my life. Yeah. I'm the strongest I've ever been. Yeah. So all the things that you're probably scared of. It's the fear. No, I'm yeah. like the fittest I've ever been now. And I work out like quarter of what I used to, literally. Go yoga. We absolutely loved, 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 loved getting to know Kath on the podcast. And they have actually been on twice. So we'll pop the link for both those episodes in our show notes now if you want to hear more from them, which I'm sure you do. And we are now going to hear part of our chat with Will McMahon, which actually starts with me opening up about a recent struggle I had. a few weeks ago I haven't spoken about this but um on here but a few weeks ago I was driving home and I started getting this like horrific stomach pain and I couldn't I just it was so bad and then I just started shaking and my whole body was shaking like my legs my teeth like from and I'm driving and I, I got home and I got inside and my husband was like what he's had panic attacks before so he was like sit in the bed like take he up took my work clothes off and and I could not stop shaking for 20 minutes. And I think it was my body telling me, like, yeah. you are so stressed. Yeah, like, you just so need to. Strong. But you it's like getting out of it is so hard because it's, we have been conditioned mm. through. And I, I, I envy you so much, Seth, like with how you speak about school, because for you, you took, your approach to school was different to mine, right? You didn't let it define you, you got through it. But it, I, I feel like it didn't cement in your head how you need to live your life. No, no, I, I, I think earlier mm. when you touched on being really driven and wanting to succeed and everything like mm. that, my drives come from a very, very different place. Mm. It wasn't because I've kind of always been that way. It was because, I mean, I was, I was very fortunate. My mum and dad, the biggest message for me and my brother was to just 
whatever we were interested in, chase it. Mm-hmm. Whatever was going to make us happy, they were proud of us for. So I, I am super grateful for that. But my drive has always come from the interests that I had in high school, for example, modeling, was always put down and mm. I was ridiculed for it. Mm. I was called vain and cocky yep. and that it was going to be a dead-end <laughs> job and it wasn't going to go anywhere and that I needed to have a backup. And I think from finishing high school, I've just had this like hunger to just prove that there's another way mm. to success mm. than like getting a good score, getting mm. into uni, doing like study and all that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. And so it's really important to me that those options are shown. Mm. So it's really interesting hearing you Talk and so there's so much about your story that you shared that I know from Laura's. Yeah, you can, you can, you, you see it on a Striver. As soon as I walked in, I was like, "Bang, Striver, we've got one, we've got a live one." <laughs> you, see, you, you see it on them. You, you know the pain. You, it's, it's like it's as I said. It's really. I, I'm so jealous of you. Like I really am. I've got friends like that, and I just marvel at them because it's, it's such so much more healthy. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's not to say that… Of course, it's got um, its pitfalls in whatever that is. 100%. Of course, every, every model does. The ironic thing about strivers is that you get to this point where you're at breaking point and you're so highly strung. And so you go back to instinctively what you think is going to make you happy, which hilariously is work harder, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's all you've got in your playbook. That's all you've got. So you go, I go back. to books, but like learning books. Yeah, you like all like with a highlighter. <laughs> yep. How else can I? Yeah, I borrowed, else... I borrowed a book of hers once, and there's fifty do- <laughs> there's fifty doggy ear tags. On yeah. So it's like, how else can I make myself better? I know, work harder. Yeah, and that's hilarious. And then and then you get to your, your full breakdowns, which is that's that's where it starts getting gnarly. For me, that was suicide. For me, that was where I started getting because I was like. I don't have another mode of living. Mm. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know what else to do. So that was the only way out. Uh, yeah, yeah. There was a couple of points when I was living in Perth um, with Woody, where yeah, vivid memories of like sitting in my kitchen. I don't think I ever got to the point where I was like self harming, but I remember like looking at a stack of knives and trying to think about which one was going to be like quickest and sharpest and yuck, like mm. really gnarly. Um, and I was very lucky that I had Woody in that instance um, because he, yeah, he didn't get it, which is really funny. And that kind of lifted me out of it mm-hmm. was this like idea of like this person pathetically trying to understand me but couldn't, but just with like just an unbounded sort of like wave of love for me. and. That was kind of typified on this day when I was so flat and I, I think I just walked out of the studio in Perth and I got home and I was sitting on my bed and um, Woody came over. And, you know, he, Woody's incredibly plucky. He's got this like, like boundless enthusiasm. He's just fully on all the time. And he sort of came in the bedroom and he sat on the floor and he's looking at me and he's like, oh, mate, you know what? Like, I couldn't get off the bed. I could not get off my bed. And he came and he sat on the floor and he's like, mate, you know what? I get it. And I was like, wow, okay. And he goes, one day when I was at school, um, I had this pimple on my butt. <laughs> and um, like, mate, I just, explode? I, he's like, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't go to school. I just couldn't go. It's so painful to sit down. And I was just like, I remember just, 
Did that put it into perspective for exactly. you? Is that what it was Exactly. Like? And I was really like, I was like, just, I was crying and I was like, laugh crying. I was like, that's just the most beautiful gesture. Like, I've got like, guy who has no idea what I'm going through over here. He's just throwing <laughs> really... himself at me. Wasn't infected at least. <laughs> Sorry, I hope so. Look, I hope it was a cyst. Yeah, really. It was, it was, he said he was, in, he was in tough, tough spot. So when I am at breaking point, when I get to that level, the only thing I know how to do is to put the accelerator down harder, right? But the thing that I've learned to do is to go the opposite direction. And for me at that time, that moment with Woody, and even now, now I know when I'm at breaking point, I need to, I learned you can't continue to grind the axe. You can't continue to push the rock. You actually, you're, you're out. You are maxed out. So what can you do? Go and pick up your daughter. Go and what book, if you don't have a daughter? Go and book a movie. Your dog. <laughs> go, go, I'll no, go to Steph's house. Go, go, go and book a movie and go and book a movie and go and like you just have to sit there for two yeah. and a half hours in the darkness. Mm. At the end of the year, every year I go away and walk by myself for a week and I take nothing because I've got so much built up and for the first two or three days, I pretty much just cry. <laughs> I just look at like rocks. I just cry. Like people at other campsites go and like, hey man. Because <laughs> there's such a huge release because I'm holding on to things the other way. And hopefully I'm, I'm getting a little bit better than that. I mean, the last one I didn't cry the whole time, but like maybe the first day or two. But it, it's funny that I need those mechanisms in place. Mm. I, I have to, otherwise I just, I just fall apart. Mm. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up Woody because yep. something I wanted to talk to you about, obviously can relate, working with your best mate. Yeah. Um, and Laws and I are very open with one another when we're going through different things and mm. struggles. Or yeah. yeah, you have to be, right? Like, yeah. you just, you're so, you're shoulder work. to shoulder. Mm. Like, you don't, you don't stand a chance otherwise. 100%. Yeah. But I'd love to talk to you about how you navigated that, particularly as you mentioned that Woody couldn't, couldn't relate and maybe mm. he still can't. Um, but how you got to a point where you could be so open with him and he could understand as far as he can and could. Yeah. I think to help people, if they feel like they might know someone, whether it's their partner or someone they work yeah. with, that might be going through something to allow those kind of conversations to start. Because I feel like yeah. it's one of those things. And I still do it to this day. Like, whilst we're open, there's still times where I yeah. try and squash it for like at least a week yeah. and think and then, that I don't need to bring it up. But yeah. then I'm like… She knows. She knows. She knows. <laughs> she knows. You know, you know so quickly as well. Yeah. It's so funny. You know yeah. when you're like, you leave, like for Woody and I, if we leave the studio and there's a fly in the ointment. Yeah, 100%. We're like, we're like it's a weird goodbye. And then we both get on our bikes. And then I get home and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. I call him. And I call him and I'm like, hey, mate. And he's like, hey, bro. Yeah, look, I've been meaning to call you. Um, you know that thing? And, you know, it's like, that's like clockwork for us now. 100%. Um, but you, yeah, that takes time. Getting yeah. that level of transparency. Yeah. I often get lots of people who ask me about how to deal with partners, mm. particularly men when mm. they're um, mm. depressed. And I, so all my evidence and all my practice is purely anecdotal, but I wrote a little acronym about how I reckon you might be able to do it. And I can, I'm really only working with myself, but it's, I get a, a lot from like, my chick mates as well and like when their partners are away they talk to me they're like oh how would you 
And I, yeah, I sort of tried to crystallize it so I didn't talk too much, although I've probably already done that. Anyway, so um, the acronym is SOFT, S-O-F-T, because one of the things I often say to people is that the strength when dealing with mental illness or someone else's mental health in particular is through the softness rather than strength through strength. (laughs) But yeah, soft. So the first one is shitty. (laughs) Uh, And that's because most men, and this is something that I don't think a lot of people know, their mental health, poor mental health will manifest as being a bit of a dick. Mm. Often my partner describes me as like being really, like it's like I'm hungover. Mm. Everything irritates me. I'm never satisfied. Things get on my nerves really quickly. Mm. So that's a really good first indicator is if they're shitty. I mean, obviously, if they're just being a massive dick, then like that's totally different. Maybe they're an asshole. Maybe you shouldn't be with them. Um, but if they're shitty, like just that really irritable sort of like, and you can't really figure out what's going on and they can't figure out what's going on, that might be a good flag. So shitty is S. The second one is O, open. And this is the hard, this is probably the hardest one in, in the soft acronym because when your partner is shitty, particularly when you've got like built up conditional behavior with each other, very easy to react Mm. and when someone is shitty that's kind of what they want like they want you to be the friction with the road they want you to be like right so if i'm shitty you're reacting great i can get angry at you Mm. and Mm. there's my outlet and that that's often what happens is you go like you know you're depressed you're irritable someone pisses you off right well it's their fucking fault and then you just launch and then you're angry and that's a nice let out but it's not addressing the issue so if you know that they're shitty, as much as you can, and it's really hard, I know, try and stay open with them and try not to give them the thing to bounce off. So try not to give them that, that thing that they can retaliate with. Mm. Just step back. Well, it's okay. What do you need? What do you want? Can I help here? That, I don't know. I know it's really, really hard. Um, the next one is F, friend you can ask. And again, I'm, I'm, it depends on your relationship and the level of transparency you have. But I, I think a lot of guys really struggle being vulnerable with their partner, particularly if it is a woman, because then you're showing them that you're not a man. And that's a really weird, archaic thing, but it's very well drilled in and it's very hard to let go of. Um, and if so, if you don't feel like you can have that conversation with them, use their mates. Like, you know, if blokes are meant to be really good, you know, we're so, you know, so matey with each other, task another man with that chat and let them figure it out in their way. Because often if you reach and you probe, again, particularly if you're a woman, as a guy, you go, oh, well, I can't show you that because then I'm going to lose my manliness, I'm going to lose my sexiness, I'm going to lose what makes me, you know, the macho part of the relationship. So is there a friend you can ask? Is there someone you can ask? That's the F. And the final one I've written here is therapy. Now, I put that there because like, I know that feels like, you know, therapy, death con three, you know, got a real issue here sort of thing. You're not going to be able to walk up to a guy often and go, you need to go to therapy. <laughs> it's not going to work. But what I would recommend, which I actually, I actually had done with me, my partner Sam did this to me a little while ago because I was pretty adamant about the fact that everything was cool, but it wasn't. Um, what she did was she was like, well, can we go to couples therapy? Because I think we've got an issue between us, which was very savvy. Wily bitch. She got me in there. 
And I was like, couples therapy? Yeah, fine. Because then there's something wrong with us. Mm. You know, it's not me. Mm. It's us. And she had to lead it. And I, because it's couples therapy, I got to go. Yeah, yeah. So I got dragged there. And it was really funny how quickly it was like, oh, <laughs> you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe I have got something going on. But then I'm in, but then I'm in the therapy group. Mm. So maybe that might be a nice little, um, little tool for people who are struggling with their partners who have got issues. Stay soft, S-O-F-T. Shitty, open, friends, therapy. Thank you for sharing that. Pleasure. It's, I think it'll help, help so many people because I think it's just so hard, especially for, I mean, obviously mental health has stigma around it anyway, but then yeah. for men, it's even worse because it is this pressure to be this, like, if you're in, what are these called? Commas? Commas? Quotation marks? Inverted commas. Inverted Inverted commas. Inverted commas. Weak. If yeah, you're not, yeah, yeah. inverted commas, strong. Yeah, yeah. And that pressure must be so overwhelming. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Kick Pod. You can find us on social media, on Instagram at Smith and at Laura.Henshaw. We also attempt TikTok at KIC. You can also download The Kick app on the Apple Store and on the Google Play Store. Bye. Bye.